Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hasn't been an easy time in Canadian sports the last couple of years, has it? We've had one after another of these national sporting bodies, university sports teams. They're, they're facing all sorts of controversy for abuse, for neglect, for discrimination. And Hockey Canada, of course, has been at the core of this for quite a while now. And for a while there, they had their funding, their national funding on pause while the federal government said, listen, we need to see some markers here of improvement. We need to see more accounting, more transparency. We need to know where the money is going, not to, you know, cover up or pay out, uh, you know, potential victims. We need to know where your taxpayer funding is going. Well, apparently they've gotten their books in better order now because we've heard the federal government now say Hockey Canada is going to have their funding restored. How can we make sure, though, that we clean up? these types of sports organizations. Well, joining us now is Dr. Jennifer Walenga, who's a professor of communication and culture at Royal Roads University to talk about this. Dr. Walenga, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Simi. Thanks for having me. Are you surprised to hear that Hockey Canada is just going to get their funding restored? Well, I do believe there were some significant criteria that they had to meet in order to regain their funding. And I think... Probably the public, especially the sporting public, would be very interested to see evidence that they have indeed met those criteria. But I do agree with the criteria that they were uh, expected to meet as well in in terms of transparency. Is there, do you think, kind of a reckoning that has been going on with these sports organizations in Canada? Yeah, it's a great word. I do, uh, I do like it because I do think it is. It signifies that we've hit some sort of crisis point. Something has definitely been off the rails, and we need to reconcile, right? Bring it back onto uh, and into alignment with the values that we hold in Canada for our sport uh, bodies and just sport in general. Yeah, and I do think we've seen it right across so many of the national sport organizations, provincially, even at the club level, we're seeing that uh, a common pattern as well, that it emerges as complaints about maltreatment or cheating or violence, but it really drills down to, like we saw with the case of Hockey Canada, to, to a crisis in leadership. Right. I guess I wonder, once the spotlight isn't on it, because it seems like the spotlight's on it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Once that spotlight moves, will that accountability still be there? Exactly. That's the fear. And what is, what is, it's horrible what we're seeing across sport in Canada and across so many organizations. And we have to note it isn't every organization. I often find it's almost used as an excuse. Like it's, um, it's, a it's just a, a phenomenon that we're experiencing, but it's very much, again, easy to trace back to, Uh, poor leadership practice, poor governance practice. So what needs to happen and what I think will happen because we're seeing it as such a prominent issue is to keep that spotlight on. But, you know, who's going to do it? Well, I think that's where that bottom-up approach comes in very strongly, that the members need to hold their sport organizations accountable. We're all responsible, and the public needs to. And um, I'm really proud of our athletes because it really has come from the athletes who are leveraging their 
their communication platform to draw attention to the issue. Right. It really is about, I think you're right, the Canadians. So that's us. We are the members. We are the people who participate in these organizations at the basic level. So how do we do that, though? How do we make sure that we are asking the right questions? Yeah, and I think this is the other silver lining of these cases, and particularly the Hockey Canada case. You know, these are all human beings, and we need to be compassionate for anyone who's involved in these kinds of crises. Often it is unintentional or, um, you know, it's not like people are, in, are are evil or they have this intentional maliciousness, um, but we need to be more responsible. And what, one thing I think that has come out of all of this is a recognition by members that they are indeed members. So most, the trouble is in Canada, we love our diversity and we all like to do things differently because of our different provincial uh, legislative approaches, et cetera. And I, I, I honor that and I value that and I, I respect it. But we all need to then understand what our rights and responsibilities are as members within our sport organizations at whatever level, whether it's regional, local or provincial or national. And I think what people are recognizing through many of these cases, but particularly hockey, is that the members have a lot of power. And when the provincial members, because every NSO has a different membership structure, but with hockey, it's the provinces are the members when they stood up and took a stand and refused to support their NSO, it really woke the leadership up that, okay, these um, people that we actually serve, fiduciary means on behalf of. So the, the board for any national sport organization, any organization, is acting on behalf of um, their, their members. Do you think this has and, empowered people as well? Do you think now at that basic level, if you are a volunteer coach or, you know, volunteer as, as Hockey Canada or whatever, soccer, whatever it may be, that you can now say, hey, listen, this is not how it's supposed to be. Great, uh, great word, empowered. And I think really this is where the media has come in because they have kept the spotlight on the issues and very in a really focused way. Uh, So it keeps reminding people that, you know, you have a responsibility as a member to hold your organizational leadership to account. Uh, I do believe it is highlighted for people the power they actually have. I think the trouble is that, and I said this in an article I recently published, that there's a power imbalance that that perpetuates. So the, the sport organization still wields power over their members because they hold they hold the, the keys to the bank, right? So if a province or a club is afraid they may not be awarded some funding or, you know, some kind of a, a reward that they have to apply for, you know, there are grants, et cetera, that the NSO can distribute. If they're afraid they may not get that if they misbehave, it's a lot like the pattern we see with athletes who are afraid to speak up because they may face repercussions. So we have to solve that as well and make sure that those um, that the members, like the athletes, are partners, not some kind of subservient, um, uh, they're not in some sort of subservient role. Okay, but these, we're talking about the people learning here, but what about these organizations, Dr. Walenka? Do you think these organizations have been put on notice that perhaps the, the public sentiment has changed here? I think so. I think until we see 
people really flexing their membership rights and responsibilities, which we are seeing to some degree. You know, rowing just held a special meeting. I don't think members even realize that they could call a special meeting and that they can, according to the Not-for-Profit Societies Act, remove directors, as many as they want. So they have the power to do that. The trouble is, again, the NSO holds all the communication. So we, I Sport Canada does have a sport governance code that they expect NSOs to uh, learn from and uh, abide by, but it isn't mandated. I I believe it should be legislated. It should be mandated. You must follow the sport governance code. Uh, you must follow the the rules of proper governance, and and there must be a report to members. Like it needs to be more explicit too that the members really are the ones who are ultimately. Um, in charge of the organization. That is very true. Uh, Dr. Willinga, thank you so much for your time on that. Thanks so much. Take care. You too. Dr. Jennifer Willinga is a professor of communication and culture at Royal Roads University. Hockey Canada has had its funding restored by the federal government, but the question is, has the organization really changed its ways? Is there more accountability, more transparency, and not just in hockey, but in any amateur sport organization? What's your experience been with that? Let me know. Simi at cknw.com.